A man become preeminent, he is expected to have enthusiasms. 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 What am I? What draws my admiration? What is that which gives me joy? Baseball. Alrighty, folks, welcome back to the Pull Hitter Podcast. I'm Rob DiPietro, the Deadpool Hitter. Thank you for tuning in to another episode. This episode, I will be having on Mr. Greg Jewett of uh, the Athletic and Fantasy Alarm. Um, Greg has a wonderful closer chart and uh, closer email in the morning called Coffees and Closers. Um, he has been dedicating most of his time to um, following the revolving closer carousel and all the leverage in the bullpen so talk to him tonight about some players but uh most importantly we got into some of the metrics that he find truly useful when determining some bullpen roles on major league teams um so we get into why he thinks those metrics and um stats are useful and why they can be actionable when determining who can remain as closer but also who is the next in line for future saves possibly so um yeah i thought that was awesome to talk about stuff like that because i think it makes a big difference when you're trying to speculate on saves in a saved starved environment um so yeah we got into that we hit on a couple of teams where next in line maybe um me not so easy to navigate and uh clear cut so we touched on that and more about greg's path to um doing what he does today and um how he started in baseball so uh hope you guys and girls find this um episode real actionable and something you could use moving forward obviously closers are in a constant state of flux in the game and depending on what kind of format you play in especially rotisserie it's um a constant circus you're trying to uh, accumulate saves for so um yeah that being said yeah enjoy this episode with greg jewett all righty folks welcome back to the pull hitter podcast i'm rob DiPietro, your host today i have with me the master of bullpens mr greg jewett how are you today buddy uh that's too kind i'm well thank you how are you I'm doing wonderful. Thank you for joining me. Uh, we've been talking a lot on Twitter um, since I discovered your your wonderful work and your closer chart. Um, and I gotta say, man, you really have been putting in putting in the work here for for everyone. And I I know you were telling me it helps yourself as well. But you you really do a lot of work. And uh, I know there's a lot of people who are covering bullpen and doing other content out there. But uh, you know what you do every morning. I just with your closer and coffees. I wake up. I scan my box scores. I, I open up your email and it's a, it's a beautiful start of the day because I figure what way to start off the day than tackle the most daunting position in fantasy baseball, right? So why not do it first thing in the day where everything else after that has got to be a lot easier, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I understand the feeling and, and by no means, uh, uh, Nando calls me a bullpen expert. I don't really believe him, but yeah, it's uh, 
what what a year to get that kind of a job because it has just been an absolute roller coaster of a season and and I I think we've only just begun which is the hard part of all this I mean it's it's only May and it's been bananas and I think it's only going to get crazier Good. I think we're getting used to crazy as much as we can. So all we could do is charge forward. Why don't you tell everyone real quick where they could find you on Twitter, where they could find your work before we get started into some bullpen talk. All right. So on the uh, Twitter machine, it's at G-J-E-W-E-T-T-9. That's my ode to Greg Nettles. That was my favorite guy growing up. Nice. Um, I always wore number nine in Little League because of him. And, uh, you know, so... Uh, that that kind of just stuck. Uh, I I do uh, weekly columns. Uh, it's Tuesdays now. They moved it uh, on the Athletic, covering closers only there. And then I also do stuff for Fantasy Alarm for some DFS. Uh, and, and you know, I do a behind the breakout column. My one this week was on Cedric Mullins. And then uh, I I have a streaks in like. Uh, you know, hitter highlight on Fridays, that'll be coming out tomorrow. Just guys that are on hitting streaks, uh, guys who are hot, who are not. And then I try and go through uh, with some of the stat cast stuff and locate guys that are uh, like a Corey Seager that's hitting, that's producing hard hit data. That's not getting results that once he gets hot, we're going to, you want to be on that ride, especially in DFS. Sweet. Oh, so you're a bit, you're a truly uh, busy guy every day, pounding out regular a regular job and then coming home and getting out all this fantasy goodness for everyone. So again, I, I truly thank you for putting out this wonderful uh, closer, your closer chart. It's um, it's something else. And I like it because it has tabs for um, AL, NL. It breaks it down really nice. It's got your rankings. And then you also got, you know, some sold ranks and um, your SGP rankings for the season in season. Mm-hmm. So it, it's got a ton of information on it, not just really, um, you know, who who's doing what in the bullpen. So, um, again, truly awesome. And I hope everyone awesome, can take yeah. advantage of uh, checking that out. If you're not using this tool yet, it's, it's definitely great. Yeah, I appreciate that. And, you know, I like using the SGP rankings in there because I hate ranking in season. Uh, I think it's tedious. It's like, okay, so because people get angry if I put somebody at closer number five and they're like, why is he at number five? It's right. uh, to be honest, I don't know. So the SGP kind of clears things up for me. It's like this this is where they are right now and, and where they should be in roto leagues. And it, it helps it just helps differentiate it. So it's not so rigid as to, because if you were truly going to rank them week to week, you're going to have to look at who they're pitching against in the week coming up. Do that. Does that team provide save opportunities against, I mean, there's so many factors that come into ranking that, that do those ranking things. And it's, it's, I find it a little disingenuous at times. Uh, uh, I had a, a great reader comment um, from the athletic and he was just like, he goes straight rankings is, is checkers. I mean, there's too much going on with bullpens where you just say this is one through 40 and that's how it is because that could be over by the time it, by the time it posts with injuries and and jobs changing. Uh, You know, we all felt comfortable about Lou Trevino and then Jake Deepman got two saves last week because they played matchups. So it's constant adjusting on the fly. That's awesome. So um, for anyone who's listening, doesn't know, SGP's uh, standard gain points um, is used to show the the amount of um, points um, 
a specific player has uh, can gain you in a roto league. Um, is <laughs> is that something that you use for all um, players when you draft, Greg? Is that like the system that you use to um, like help you evaluate players, or you or you just have it specifically here for closers? Yeah. Well, sometime I'm gonna have to kidnap Phil from you and get him in a room with me and teach me all <laughs> those Excel trips, but. Um, <laughs> I do. I, I try and um, preseason, I, I have those, those models. So I'll take like the bat, um, the bat projections and compare them to uh, ATC and compare them to steamer and just try and see how different things value different players and then how I want to proceed and, and how I target them. Um, and then of course, then you threw tout in this year with, I've never played in a points league and they put me in a tout's points. Head. I love head to head leagues. I have just never played in a points league. So that was a whole new, uh, that, that was a one week long crash course, but it, it is what it is. <laughs> we're, we're treading water in there. I still have a, I got knock on wood. I have a winning record still. So we'll, we'll, we'll take that and we'll take that and run. Awesome. Yeah. I, um, I knew of SGP and knew a little bit about it, but this offseason I dove um, pretty far into it just to understand it and kind of grasp it and just to understand um, the benefits of it and why people choose to use it um, when they draft. So um, but I may, uh, I'm going to make that a case every offseason. I want to learn like either a different valuation system or um, mm-hmm. something different because um, I know a lot of people who are successful use it, but I also – feel like it could only help me if I'm drafting in a room with them and kind of know, you know, you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. You get yeah. a feel for where they might go. Mm-hmm. I got the Mamba mentality, Greg. I want to win. Um, <laughs> so um, I like to ask everyone how, you know, how you got started uh, with baseball. Did you play when you were a kid? Like, you know, how'd you get into your love for baseball? Uh, this is a sad story. Um, I've always <laughs> loved baseball. Uh, it's, it was something, especially my, my mom's father, uh, my, my grandpa on her side, uh, every year I would have a, uh, a dentist appointment on opening day here in Syracuse to go watch the triple a team. Um, luckily when I was younger, they were still, they were still affiliated with the Yankees. So that just, you know, my dad grew up a Yankee fan. It was kind of a, you were born into that up here. So, uh, but yeah. He would take me to the games. And of course, back then things were a lot different. You know, he would smoke a cigar at the games, teach me how to keep score. Um, and it was a great bonding experience. And then I just started getting in, I, you know, back then it was, you watched the Yankees on WPIX and they had like the picks thing in between innings. And it just, I, I got full bore. And luckily, you know, when I was a kid, the Yankees were very good back then. So you're talking the late seventies was when I was seven, eight, nine. So uh, the back-to-back World Series years. I was a young kid, impressionable. I remember my mom, God bless her, she wrote me a note to get out of school because the, the day game with Bucky F and Dent. Um, wow. So I, I had a pass to go home. So, and again, you think about things, this is back in the 70s. I left school, walked home, and then watched the watched the baseball <laughs> game live, you know. So I, to, my mom understood that, that that was more important to me than sitting through my uh, – I think it was what third grade class. So yeah, that was, uh, that was fun. So, and then that just, and then me and my friends, we would always play wiffle ball in the backyard. And then at the, at the, at the chiefs games, every, every year there'd be like the helmet giveaway. 
So we would all try and we would plan on getting different teams. So we would like play games and we'd wear the helmet up batting and we would imitate stances, you know, doing the Joe Morgan with the, with your elbow flipping and all that fun stuff. Uh, We used to have a clubhouse. We would cut out the box scores and hang them up. So baseball was a, was a formative event there. Um, Unfortunately, I stopped playing in eighth grade. Uh, I I was a little bit of a chubby kid that I was nicknamed Spanky and uh, (laughs) the, and I, I, I made the team in seventh grade. Then in eighth grade, there was a, an event that the, uh, the coach didn't appreciate. Uh, we ripped down like a sign during a soccer game from a, a rival team during it. And he was coaching the girls soccer team. And he told me I was a bad sport. He was going to teach me a lesson. So he cut me in eighth grade baseball. I ran track, lost 25 pounds. And then I was like, Hey, I'm not spanky anymore. And I got into shape and then I never <laughs> went back to baseball, which was, a big regret, but it is what it is. I used to play a lot of slow pitch softball. We used to play like mm-hmm. tournaments and national qualifiers. Uh, I played with a guy down in North Carolina who played for the University of South Carolina. And he, after a game, he's like, man, where'd you play college ball? I'm like, I didn't play high school. And he was like, what? And then I was starting <laughs> to think, I'm like, well, maybe I made some bad decisions back in the day, but right. you, you can't go back and change those things. So, but, but baseball has always been, um, a big part of my, you know, summers and off seasons. Um, so uh, I'll nice. segue into your next thing here. So uh, I got roped into, uh, there was a, now again, I, I used to make fun of fantasy baseball. I thought it was like uh, <laughs> a, a thing for dorks, you know, like I'd like watching baseball and I knew about it, but I, I had seen about fantasy, but I never really dipped my toes in the water. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when I was teaching, it was probably like my third year as a teacher. Uh, they wanted to start a, a teacher's league. And so um, the, the guys, there was a couple of the guys, they've been playing for years. So I was, I was easy money. So, so they were like, Hey, Joe, we're doing a baseball league. You like baseball, right? I'm like, Hey, go They're like, come on. You ever try fantasy? I'm like, nah, not really. They're like, ah, oh, we're going to do a draft. It's 50 bucks. Just, I was like, okay. Uh, so that was 2004. Um, I had never done a league. I think I bought one magazine and kind of leaped through it. Uh, and I'll never forget it. Uh, my first draft pick was Kurt Schilling. Wow. And, and they all kind of looked at me funny because I took a picture. So either I was way ahead of my time or I was just that <laughs> clueless that I didn't realize I was supposed to take a hitter. So uh, my first year did not go well. Uh, and then I got angry and then I started really, um, I found stuff on, on the internet and I started studying up and then, uh, I won the league like three years in a row. And then I was like, you know, I kind of like this and it became a passion. Not no, I, I I teach where Nano DeFino went to high school. Oh, he, he, he was, he wasn't a student of mine back then. I was only coaching. That was before I got a permanent job. Um, but he used to check in on my volleyball team cause he was a nice guy. And, and, you know, I, I believe I had some attractive players. I tease him about that all the time. And, um, <laughs> but I was teaching his sister and one day his mom left the book fantasy land in my mailbox she left a little oh. known there. She's like, Hey, she goes, Nando told me you like fancy baseball. So I thought you'd get a kick out of this. So I, I read the book in like a day. Um, and then I reached out to Nando and I was like, you know, I think I want to write. So, uh, he, he hooked me up with, uh, some, some younger kids he knew. Um, and, and they're still friends with me to this day. They don't do it anymore, but they were in college and they ran their own site, uh, roto analysis. So, okay. 
they let me start writing for free. And then, um, they got busy with college and life. And then like the, the second year, uh, myself and, and another, uh, another writer, Tim King, were pretty much putting out all the content on the site. I was self-editing, putting it all up there. Um, and, and then we got, uh, he got an offer to write for back then it was fan rag. Okay. Um, and they're already defunct, but, uh, at one point they did have Heyman, uh, on staff. So, hmm, interesting. um, um, me, Al Melchior, uh, Tim, Tim King, and, um, and a couple other guys, we used to, we did the, the fantasy baseball side there. And it was funny, they paid per article. So I was, I needed extra money for my son's hockey habit. So I was pumping out stuff like every day. Cause I, I was just seeing those dollar signs. Mm -hmm. Um, but that, but that grind just kind of paved the way to do all the other stuff. Um, when they went under, uh, I, I reached out to, um, Paul Spore and Howard Bender. Um, Paul was able to put me, he actually had, um, Al and I reunited doing some of the bullpen reports for fan graphs. We did that for a couple of years, uh, and fantasy alarm. Howard was gracious enough to welcome me back into the family and give me a chance to write there again. Cause I was really going to walk away. I was like, if I don't get, you know, if I don't get something, I'm just going to find some other, I'll go work part-time, do whatever. Um, but it all kind of crystallized and then the, uh, COVID, um, took, took me off of the bullpen report. And, and then a year later I got the offer from the athletics. So it's just, you know, those little ripple effects where things happen for a reason. But, um, as you've intimated, the, the foundation's always been just the day-to-day grind. That's just, that's just who I am. Um, and when I was divorced and, and, um, you know, I, I focused on being a dad as a single father. Um, I had joint custody. And so the, you know, after, after my duties were done, I would take care of the baseball and I would do the writing and it helped pay extra bills. And, uh, it let me do something I was passionate about. So that was the whole baseball story. Hope I didn't go too long there. No, that's awesome. I love, I love to have stuff like that. It's great. I mean, I've, from everything to the wiffle ball, you know, to uh, doing the batting stances, you know, like, oh, I love that. It's like, I, I always did the batting stances, you know, lefty, righty. Um, oh, yeah, we would always, yeah, we yeah. would go through the lineup. Yeah, go through the players. lineup. So when we yeah. played, it was, yeah, you had to bat by the hand of right. whatever right. guy. We yep. always played that rule. I was like, it's strawberry, you gotta bat lefty. But I want to hit a homer because you strawberry. I remember that. That's great. Oh, man. But it, it made me like, it made me pretty good left-handed swinger. I know that. I mean, right. Yeah. I know, you know? it's funny. Cause like when I was playing softball, if you played co-ed, a lot of the leagues, you had to bat opposite handed. So it wasn't that big of a deal. So I right. just, I just batted when I batted lefty, I just played like each and tried to punch it to left. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to mimic Griffey and it just never was good for my right shoulder. I had like that Tati's follow through and it was just, uh, <laughs> Oh, so like from. Fred McGriff. Yeah. 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 Helicopter. Yeah. 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 All right. Yeah. I tried, I tried Griffey and I ended up like Fred McGriff. Yeah. With the little twirl at the end. Uh, <laughs> but um, that's cool, man. That's a great journey that you went through. Um, and I think that, like you said, you know, you just, you put in the work if you have a passion and um, good things will fall for you, you know, like it's the, uh, that's the way it is. Um, and you definitely took a nice, uh, a nice path to, where you are now it's, uh that's awesome that's a great story so it's um thank you yeah that's it's really great because i love hearing about stories like 
anyone's stories. It's just, it's just, um, you know, I'm just fresh into this content world and, uh, it's just, uh, it's just great to, you know, chat with everyone about the different routes that they took, you know, where they are now. Um, and, you know, um, just so like anyone who's in, interested in getting involved, you know, just, uh, put in the work, you know, put in that grind. Like you said, you're, you're up till 2, 3 a.m. updating your chart and uh, getting ready to do your articles. So um, sometimes, you know, I I question, uh, like, what, all, what am I doing? I do. You know, right? But, <laughs> you know, and it's, uh, it, it's like, but it's, it's, it's great. It's fun. I wouldn't trade it for anything, just being so into fantasy baseball, you know? That's, uh, Absolutely. Yeah. And, and again, it. I, you know, it, it helps, it helps teach and, and the summer is so welcome. That's the one advantage of being a teacher because then I get quite a break so I can really hone in. Um, it, it, it's actually kids. That's a great because, point. Yeah. Because when, when things really get busy, as far as like honing in on your fob and what you need to do to adjust your teams, at least that's when I have the most time available. So that does, that does prove beneficial. Uh, and that's my son's quiet time for hockey. So well, once it gets to August and September, things start revving up again. And I get busy with school coming back and right. he'll, he's, he's leaving. He's going to be playing in Maine uh, this, this winter. So um, talk about tough life. He's going to be up in Biddeford, Maine. Uh, they're staying in beach houses. I'm going to be in Syracuse, knee deep in snow. And he's going to be waking up <laughs> seeing the ocean. Uh, I'm coming yeah. back in my next life as my son. Yeah, yeah, seriously, that that is some gig on a beach house. Pretty good. Wow, that's great. That's great. Um, so talk to me about um you mentioned tout tout points league and um and you're playing in TGFBI, correct? Mm -hmm. Right? So yeah. how how are those leagues going for you so far? Uh tout's going much better than TGFBI. Mm, yeah. So you adjusted well for that point. To what what did you feel like was the biggest thing you had to tackle on in taking on a, a first time point lead? Um I I felt like I was prepared enough to get pitching. And then my old bad habits came and I'm like, oh, look at all these great prices on hitters. And I'm sitting there telling myself, I'm like, you know it's gonna be good prices on hitters because everyone wants pitching. Oh, so with and, and then my and then my dumbass, yeah, I I, I overspent I I price enforced on Marcelo Zuna and I really wish I had it, but now he's starting to heat up, but it is what it is. Um, the old price and, enforced. <laughs> and, 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 and I obviously had too much faith in Lucas Giolito. I'd have been better served um, spending less on him and getting two more solid pitchers like a Woodruff and a somebody else. If that You're makes 26 sense. 26 more starts, 27 more starts. You'll be fine. I, yes. I, I'm, I'm hoping that'll all work itself out as yeah. long as once we get past all of the uh, Larusa missteps. Oh my um, God. But, but, um, <laughs> and it's too easy. It's very easy to pile on the poor guy, but man alive. Um, so yes, think, things are, things are trending in the right direction. I, I think I, I lost, and, and that's what kills me. The one week I was playing Ariel, who's the defending champion Cohen, um, I was ahead all week and I didn't hear from him. And then his team went ahead on Saturday and he sent me a little message. He's like, Oh, our matchup's going to be tight. And then on Sunday, uh, that was, that was the Sunday. They didn't pitch G Lito because of the double header. I should have had him pitching on Sunday and they saved him till Monday when he imploded. Yeah. The so if they left bad. him on Sunday, like normal, um, I might've 
beat him in that matchup. And then I wouldn't have gotten the bludgeoning I got the next Monday. That was a killer. I was at school and I just looked at my phone on a free period. And I was like, whoop, close that. I don't want to see that anymore. Yeah, I saw yeah. that eight and runs. I was like, walk away, Greg. There's, there's nothing good that's going to come from looking at that. I can't go screaming at kids because I'm pissed at Giolito. So, right. Yeah. Right. Uh, and then I lost a Stamful, I think, the, the next week by like seven. Mm. You know, it's funny. You do these things and it goes all week and you're like the, the point swings can, can go on a dime. Yeah. Seven points. So and, and again, that's another one. I didn't activate Colton Wong from from the IL. And that was his first weekend back when he went bananas and hit like two home runs and did whatever. So mm. if I had acted, if I had activated Wong, but that was a two o'clock start and I was at school, if I had activated Wong, I might've beat him. But it, uh, so right now I'm three and two um, this week. I got to knock on wood again. Uh, I'm on my head right now. Um, I, I had it, you know, I've been throwing volume pitchers out there uh, and here's the thing. So in the auction, I got Soroka and Cindergaard for a buck with the thinking that, I'll put them on the injured list and I'll just stream until they get back. And so if I do get, I'm a little more worried about Soroka than, than Thor, but if I get those guys back in, in June, you know, mid to late June, then I don't have to worry about streaming like the JA half types. Right. And things can kind of settle in. Um, I got Alex Reyes cheap and I got Cesar Valdez cheap because they do give seven points for saves. Um, and, and the one thing I do like, and maybe the NFBC will adopt it someday, but, um, they let you change your hitters and your pitchers every Monday and Friday. Oh, so I learned well. that, at, I mm-hmm. learned that after the first weeks and then I adjusted. So like the first week I didn't start Peralta cause I didn't, he wasn't going to pitch. And then I re- then he did that relief outing, but whatever. So then I learned on Fridays, I can, I can switch everybody. And I was like, Oh, wow. well, that's a game changer. So now, you know, I can put. I can put like three relievers in on Monday and then on Friday, if I got guys starting on the weekend, I can take a reliever out and then put a starter in. Um, and the big. nice thing about, and the nice thing about Peralta in that format is he has a relief pitcher because you have to have two relievers active, but Peralta has relief pitcher eligibility because of last year. So uh, I'll have a lot of pliability as the season goes forward. So I tried to bake that in. So I was willing to lose a little early uh, to get those guys coming at the end. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty interesting with the pitchers. Um, I mean, I uh, the dynasty league I started last year with pretty much most of the people from my keeper league. Um, we um, we have that on fan tracks. We have it where we could do pitchers as well on uh, on Friday, and um, it is it is cool because, like you said, you could mix match like that. Um, mm-hmm. believe right? Um, so yeah, it's big. You, yeah, really you, you can move people in and around. So like on a format that like that, then you could, you know, I know you saw later you wanted to talk about like Kopech and some of those things. So right. now, now like a TJ Antone and a Peralta in this format with the relief pitcher eligibility helps because right. now they can get you cheap strikeouts and other things. And, and if they pick up a, you know, if Antone picks up a win or a save, then that's just icing, icing on the cake. Right. Um, so, so that, that, gives them more value than it would be just a standard roto. So the, right. those are the little nuances that, that are hard to plan on, but those, those are little pockets. You can take advantage of things. Yes. Especially with the relief pitcher designation, like it's not just uh, you know, you have to have nine pitchers, you know? So especially when those bulk guys get that RP next to them, that's pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the first points league I ever played in 
Greg, I won the championship due to a blown save from the other guy on the last. He was he was up by um, he was up by by six, and uh, the points was minus ten for a blown save. And oh. yeah, it was Chapman too, and uh, I blew the save and I won. And I was like, "Wow, that's some way to win." It was, you know, the Sunday night game and everything. And I was like, "Oh, oh my gosh, <laughs> yeah, wow. yeah, right yeah. down to the wire." Yeah, and it's funny too because I remember the first time um, that um, I heard about a points league. Um, my brother was playing in one, and you know, he was just telling like he was just mad because the person who set up league. Um, just didn't set the point system very like efficiently like and I remember specifically he was saying like Dave Bush uh, <laughs> this is how old it was Dave Bush was scoring more than like the like the number 10 hitter you know so like the 70th best pitcher was getting more points than like you know the the 10th best batter you know and mm-hmm. he was just mad because it wasn't you know done properly and uh, that was like my first ever memory of hearing about points league and then I got into a couple and um, it's definitely, it's definitely um, a different way to play for sure. It is. I, I, I like it. I'm, yeah. I'm a lot more intrigued um, now that I've been doing it. So that it might be something I'm a little more willing to dip my toes in the water next year after this experience without question. And right. I think that's important is that you try different things because we get so locked in on just the, the standard five by five. Um, Absolutely. I miss, I used to run a, a home league. I just can't do it anymore because I get too busy with all the other stuff in the writing. Uh, but we used to do, uh, we used to do souls, but we also had, we had uh, strikeouts minus walks and we had, we had different things baked in there. So um, it really, especially for relievers, it rewarded a guy that, was a good pitcher, not okay. just somebody that was getting saves. So by having that strikeouts minus walk factor in there, um, it helped level the playing field. So now you're, you're more worried about a guy who is either getting saves or holds. So like back then when people were complaining that, you know, Nick Anderson wasn't valued as well as he could be because he wasn't a full-time closer in that format, he was a top three reliever. So it, it, it did balance things out and, and maybe someday we'll, we'll get things switched. And, and I think points league kind of does a little of that for us because right. um, it changes some of the valuation. Uh, you know, I don't want to say we're dinosaurs, but I think we need to explore some different things to make it more like real baseball. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And that's why I do get involved with uh, a bunch of different formats because I think it's um, it's only making me better all around, you know, get into I had like my home, my home keeper league has been head to head category since it, it, it's been started. Um, then I have uh, one daily league that I play in and then uh, have the MSBC and then I uh, did a whole bunch of best balls, you know, did some keeper leagues um, with points and it's just uh it's cool. It's just, I think you get a evaluating players differently and like the different scope, you definitely see some, you know, like you said, you find different values and different pockets that you wouldn't think, you know, mm-hmm. as long as you understand your point system and you understand like roles. Um, it, I, I think it's only beneficial uh, to play in multiple formats. Yeah, sure. absolutely. So um, let's talk about, um, the pitching in general, like the state of the bullpen in this modern game. Um, and I know that one thing that's 
um, you know, becoming popular. Well, I'm not popular, but you know, it's a copycat league. And I think like a lot of teams look at the Rays and see the way they approach the bullpen. Um, and some coaches have come out and said that they, you know, would are trying to, you know, copy that way that they approach, um, who gets into the game at what point. And, um, do you think it's going to be a point where most of the teams in the league are doing this and we just have, you know, zero at some point, like little to no, uh, you know, firm, this is your guy, like Chapman and Hader. I'm curious to see how this evolves. Uh, yeah. I really think it's going to be, it, it depends on the organization and depends on how they structure their bullpen. Like the Yankees right now cannot, be like an amorphous bullpen that they're, they're built upon a role this Chapman being in the ninth inning. Right. Um, Milwaukee could switch if they want to, because fire rising has been a surprise this year. Not enough people are talking about how well he's pitched. Um, but mm-hmm. you know, he, he's not getting saved, so it doesn't matter. People, people ignore uh, what he's doing, but Yeah. And, you know, Toronto talked about they wanted to do it, but he kind of, Montoyo kind of falls into a pattern depending on where right now his security blank is Rafael Delis. Um, if Merriweather gets back, I think they'll give him another look there just because mm-hmm. he was so dynamic in that short burst. Um, you know, Oakland and Seattle have gone full into the highest leverage or best matchup at that moment. Oakland's doing it matchup. So if it's lefties in the eighth inning, it's Diekman. If it's lefties in the ninth inning, it's Diekman. And, and they, they did that the other day, although it, it backfired with Trevino the other night. But um, they've pretty much established that it's going to be one of those two, uh, depending on how the game flows. And you have to adjust. Um, right. Seattle has – Seattle, you know, I mean, everyone rushed to get Kendall Graveman. And you know what? It stinks because he's been – He's been a terrific pitcher this year. He's been one of the most valuable relievers. However, he's not going to be an exclusive closer. Right. And, and if you needed any more evidence, he pitched in the sixth inning the other day. But it was justified because they won the game. Right. And, and even his starting pitcher, Justin Dunn, said, thank God he's, he's, he's the man because he, he, he kept that game where it was their, theirs to win. Um, two days ago, Grayman was leading in and when probability added, now he, he fell back a little bit with, with Barnes getting a save and, and Hader getting a save, but he's still a top five pitcher and when probability added, that's just because he's putting out fires when Seattle needs them. Um, so people who drop Montero are getting upset. I mean, Montero's not a, not as good of a pitcher as Grayman right now, but he's right. got three wins and four saves and, and Roto that's gold. Let's go. So, right. um, you, you can't drop him right now. And, and so now you just have to make sure I almost think in the future, we're going to have to draft an anchor um, almost like running backs in football here. I want to get my, I want to get my volume, my, 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 you know, my guy that's going to be doing it all the time, like a Chapman and whatever. And then you're going to have to try and get a, a, a good number two, and then you want to get a talented number three that's going to get a handful of saves, but at least it keeps you competitive and protects your ratios. I almost think it's going to get into that sort of a, a slot system because it's going to be very scarce at the top of the of the workhorses, right. you know. And, right. and we're seeing that in football, and we're you know, everyone complains about it in baseball. I don't hear them complain about it as much in football. It's just funny how it, it whatever, however that goes. So. 
we just have to adjust and, and we have to get smarter as fantasy players. And we just have to realize that, you know, this, this is what it is. And, you know, we had, we had a great start from Jake McGee, but they used him an awful lot. Right. Right. His usage pattern was, I mean, that's a lot for a guy, his age, he's not used to that, especially somebody who just throws a fastball. Um, He needs to be, he needs to be fresh. So, you know, you really have to monitor his workload. You know, teams are doing a better job with some of their closers, but, uh, someone asked me about Taylor Rogers the other day, and I went back and looked at 2019. Ball Deli used him so egregiously aggressive at times, and you're like, now I understand why Rogers struggled at times. He right. had a lot of multi innings, and then he would pitch. To, he would pitch like 1.2 innings, then come back and throw the next day. That's not fair right. to him. Right. Um, Ball Deli, you know, I thought Ball Deli was a little savvier with the bullpen, but as I look back, when you when you take a step back and you look at the game by game, like I wrote down, I, I did it by hand. I wrote down Rogers game by game outings, and I was just like taken aback a little bit. I was like, holy moly, he did this to him all season. When it's going day by day, you don't notice it, and then like I said, it, it really stood out. Um, and we're seeing their bullpen struggle this year, and I, I don't know what the solution is going to be. But something something's got to change there with, with how they approach it and, and what they're going to do, and, and it it bit them in the butt again today. Right, yeah, it did. That, that, um, that's a good point when you really pull yourself away, and um, you know, because I think at times we're just trying to cover so many teams and so many things mm-hmm. at once, and then you really dive into like um, what's really happening, and you're like, oh, uh, it, this is pretty interesting here. Um, I was gonna I, say one second, just as a comparison before you go through that. In 2018, when the Brewers were using Hader in those multi-inning outings, mm-hmm. anytime he pitched more than an inning, he, he got two days off. And, wow. and they built that in. That was a pattern. And you could see it. So I went through his 218 log. Anytime he did two innings, it was at least two days before he pitched again. So they protected him a little bit. And, and, and Baldelli didn't do that. So I'm sorry I cut you off going no, to your next no, that's, there. No, that's good. Uh, that's the totally, you know, I guess good Derek Johnson kind of knows what he's doing um, <laughs> with the with the pitcher usage. Um, but yeah, I was I was I was gonna say um with more teams taking uh you know the higher leverage approach, uh, you know, I, I'm at the end of draft season, I started to on some of my teams um attack closers early and at multiple times um and that's not the way mm-hmm. i usually draft um usually like a spec guy or i try to grab like one you know a lever maybe in the top 10 rounds and then just fill it out like get some specs and um and like so in tgfbi i um back-to-back rounds i i double tap hater and edwin diaz you know um and and one other league that i did it with uh Rosenthal is my number two. It was Hendricks mm-hmm. and Rosenthal. That didn't work out well, but um, I feel like it might be um, next year. We might be talking about like Josh Hader in like a second round type of situation. You know, um, if the no, I mean, if the closers keep uh, getting, uh, you know, uh, we'd have to sl- see how this year progresses. That right. would be aggressive. I mean, right. I, I think you can, you might be able to justify it, but it would, it would be something that would take people to back. Right. Um, but, but then, you know, y- you do a lot of NFBC things. If that starts becoming a trend in November then people are going to imitate it. Right. So, you know, I, I mean, maybe, I maybe you can be a pioneer. 
I, yeah, because I think the earliest the earliest he was going was like 32, 33. So um, that's only like eight more picks he has to bump up. I think it's a possibility, you know, but I'm just talking like in the rain, you know, like in the in mm-hmm. the realm of it being so scarce, you know, and, right. you know, trying to corner the market on it. And then because, I mean, it's great because <laughs> in that league, I haven't even looked at Fab for, right. for a reliever. Right. You're, not going, you know? you're not on the burn and churn. No, yeah, it, it makes a big difference. I feel comfortable. Like I'm like, oh, it's such a relief. You know, <laughs> there's one team where I don't have to do that for. And uh it's you know, it's a big difference. Obviously, there's still a ton of volatility in it. So uh, you know, we're, you know, using high picks on that may not always be the best idea. So now I want to talk about like um the Michael Kopech types, the uh bulk um bridge type of guys who are coming in um and using their there are great repertoires and skills to pretty much uh, give you a ton of K's, great ratios and two, three inning spans. And mm-hmm. um, I'm kind of thinking like teams might use this as a career path for like, you know, um, high prospect arms uh, to see what they have in the majors for two, three inning at a clip, and then maybe decide if they should be a starter or, you know, in that kind of role, like a two, three inning role. And um, I even think like it may be, something that team can bring to the arbitration table because they're not getting saves and, you know, they're not racking up wins in, in case. So, you know, no, I'm just trying to, you know, teams are, are nasty like that, but um, oh, yeah. I, I was just kind of wondering what your thoughts on those type of pitchers are and how you value, um, how you value them in different sorts of leagues, like Roto leagues and points league and where you find that they may be most valuable in. Um, I, the, the kind of pitcher you're describing is probably most valuable in, in formats with designations where it's a starting pitcher, relief pitcher. Mm, um, right. th- they're, they're not as common, but they exist, especially in head to head. Yeah. So, so if you have, if you have daily where you can, you can adjust your roster daily and you have guys that have that starting pitcher eligibility, but they're a reliever like a Kopech, so if you don't have a starter going for the day, you can still get somebody in that slot and score points. Um, so that's huge. Uh, when I look through the SGPs as of, as of games through yesterday, uh, Kopech comes in 42nd in a standard roto, um, just on my SGP. Now he, he could be higher in a RAS ball and some of the other things right. um, because, because when I'm mining those numbers, it's only as a reliever. So it doesn't count the strikeouts he had as a starter. So you can probably move them up five spots i would think if you got those starting strikeouts in there gotcha yeah um so we're going to be learning how to assess these guys and 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 really truly value them so there is if he's going to protect ratios and and pile up strikeouts that's great now what we do like is is, is somebody that jumps off the page that's stealing early value is the the ever fungible Yusmero Petit. He's overlooked every year. Mm. And he is just a win vulture. I mean, <laughs> they just fall on his lap. So he's got three wins and a save this year. And, you know, in a year of such volatility, that's huge. I mean, I, that's, uh, I think that's more wins than our boy DeGrom, right? Oh, please. Anyone's got more wins than him. <laughs> but yeah, I, I see that. It's he, an unfair thing, but he's those right wins still to, matter. Yeah. Right. And, and so yeah. if you, 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 if he's your number nine pitcher for the week and he gets you one of those cheap wins, it's, it's, it's fantastic. Now, again, you're not going to be doing that in a, in a 12 team mixer, but 
in a 15 team format, if you're getting the, those cheap W's, that's monstrous. And they always seem to find them. It's amazing. They um, and there's other guys them. doing that. And, right. and so the other thing we really need to learn is, is our teams. And you talked about imitating the Rays. Our team's going to start um, doing more with openers, especially with these young guys coming up. Um, so if we're going to be backfilling innings, is, is it going to make sense if I'm bringing up um, Mackenzie Gore to have somebody throw the first two innings ahead of him and then let him come in? Because uh, if you look at the, the poster boy for this, and I misplaced my notes. Oh, wait one second here. All right. So, so Ryan Yarborough. Now I did mm. have him going last night. So, so this is the, this is what's funny about a points league. I had Chris Bassett throw a gem. Okay. He was going for my tout team. I'm like, Oh, I'm going to get that. I'm going to get that win bonus. He's got the quality start. Trevino goes bananas and implodes. So <laughs> I did have, I, I left Yarborough in because I read the things and I said he was going to work as the bulk reliever and not a starter. So I was like, I'll leave him in there. So the, they get the late home run and take the lead three to one. And then Yarborough gets the cheap win. So right. the, the win I lost from Bassett, I picked up from Yarborough. So it was a wash. So right. I wasn't as angry anymore. So here, here's Yarborough as a bulk reliever. He's 25 and five with a 3.45 ERA and 51 appearances. Wow. Okay. That's As sweet. a starter, he's five and 14 with a 4.61 ERA. So nuts. Wow. So, I mean, I, I, this isn't rocket science. If you've got a guy that can only go through the lineup two times, I don't know why more, you know, we, we talk about it. It's a, it's a copycat league. Uh, the, the, the Rays have shown, shown people the way to maximize those, those limited starters and, right. and get the best innings out of them. And other teams refuse to do it because it's not normal. Yeah. Isn't and, that and, funny? And right. So I'm curious because we know guys are going to start running into innings limits and other things and things are going to start happening soon. You know, right. we're not going to keep cruising into June with everybody doing all of these innings. The Brewers told you that burns and, and, and um, their starters were not going to go past certain numbers. And I think so they, they put them out there. So yeah, unless teams are going to start using IL stints like the Dodgers and, mm -hmm. and do other things, we're, we're going to start seeing things change. I mean, it's just not going to be, you know, these guys going all of these innings. I um, see. Yeah. Cause I, I'm kind of a little surprised that, you know, every time it's getting the box score is looking at pitch counts and how deep guys are working. And for as much as everyone thought they'd be a little babied, it, it hasn't really been, you know, the case for a lot of guys. So like you're not, saying, not for the aces, not for like the top two guys right. in rotation. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they're, they're not saving bullets yet. Um, some teams will be. Yeah. Um, and I, and I did leave out on tout. I also have Donsolin waiting on, on the injury reserve too. Nice. Um, so, I mean, you know, I, and, and that was kind of a, that was kind of part of my thought process with a lot of the drafts that I did. I wanted to have a couple of these guys that were coming in later in the season, because I'm hoping that, you know, I can get somebody maybe, you know, hit on somebody like say you picked up Kowaskar, you know, so you use him for another month or so. And then if you have Soroka or Cindergaard, if he starts to come back to earth or whatever, you can flip them in there for him. And now you've made that one spot 
last year, the season that that was how I was approaching some of those. In, I, I value some of those injured pitchers a little, I think higher just because I wanted those backfilled later innings. So when everyone's scrambling in June or July to, to get innings, I wanted those guys coming off of the IL fresh. Right. That's a good move. And like, even in most of my 15 team leagues, I'm making a conscious effort to um, make sure I'm keeping even like fringe average arms because I'm trying to anticipate that point in, in July, August where teams are be scrambling for pitchers. And then my, you know, my Tyler Anderson that I've used only maybe like once a month um, becomes more attractive because uh, everyone's scrambling to try to find a guy to pitch six innings, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So there's been weeks where I've been, you know, shying away from always going for that maximum PA upgrade uh, on a Monday through Thursday, you know, um, trying to go from, you know, three game play to four game played and been like <laughs> shying away from that. Just, just a little as a reminder in the back of my head, like don't chop a pitcher who might have some value in a couple months because um, you know, everyone's looking for them, you know, it's, uh, especially, especially if he gets traded. Right. Right. I mean, at yeah, some point, the Pirates are going to have a fire sale. <laughs> yeah, at some point. They have right? to. They're, yeah. they're, they're going to trade Rodriguez. They're going to trade Adam starters Frazier. that they can get. I mean, yeah. The, Adam Frazier you know, to the White Sox makes so much sense. Yeah, I, don't know. I know. I, I've seen that all over. And it does make a ton of yeah. sense. And it, he's exactly kind of what they need. So these things are going to start. to Once that first domino falls, I think you're going to see more of it. Um, I, I think we're going to see the Dodgers in the market soon whether it's a starter or reliever, yeah, um, they're going to plug holes. I mean, they, they have the prospect wherewithal to do it. Uh, and, and then other teams are going to have to follow suit. And once they do, I'm really intrigued by what's going to happen with the Cubs, um, which too. way their season goes. They keep saying that they're going to compete, but, you know, I mean, they did have a nice little series, but they caught the Dodgers at the right time. So I don't know if that's the Cubs are really playing that well. Um, I, someone told me there was a rumor at Kansas city's interested in Chris Bryant. That would, that would be fantastic. I'd love to see something like that. Let's mix it up, get some other teams in the mix and, 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 and go for it. You know, there's, I think there's nuances in the market where teams that, that could surprise us jump up and say, we want to do it. Right. You know, the, 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 the AL central there's, there's blood in the water. I mean, Cleveland's pitching well, and starting to play better. They swept the Royals on the road. You know, the Royals, I, I don't think are scared of the white Sox. So that division could become a whole shooting match. Right. Absolutely. Great point. Um, all right. Let's get into your, um, I wanted to talk about your reliever metric um, that you have, that you rank all the relievers in, and then get into a bunch of the stats that go into that. And also some of, um, the stats I wanted to tackle that you talk about often, um, like, um, when, when probability added and, um, um, indexes, leverage indexes. So, um, yeah, the floor is yours. Tell me about your metric and tell me about some of those statistics that go into ranking a reliever that, um, maybe some people might be unaware of. All right. Well, it's it, the, the REM as uh, Nando named it. God bless him. I used to just call it the reliever efficiency metric. And he's like, Hey, I'm going to do you a favor. We're going to give this a catchy it. name. And I was like, Oh, okay. And I go, I go, I don't know how I didn't think of it. Maybe it's because I'm not getting enough REM sleep, but um, <laughs> anywho, the um, Matt sells who um, writes for fantasy alarm. He's actually like, 
he's won the FSWA award twice for NASCAR. Um, he's a whiz bang with uh, Excel sheets. So uh, a couple of years ago, uh, obviously, you know, I love covering bullpen. So him and I were talking uh, one time and I was like, how can we come up with a way to rate relievers based on performance and not just saves? And so we started going through all of the, the win probability things on fan graphs and we, we added um, K minus BB in there. So there, there's more than one thing. So mm-hmm. he, he came up with this whole formula. Uh, he sent it to me and I just was like, wow. I was like, well, I think it looks good. Um, so what, <laughs> so what we did was we ran it with the year before and then it spit out the, the things and, it's, it's in season. Um, it, it tells you in season, it's not predictive. It's not going to say, Hey, these guys are going to be great next year, right. but in season it's, it's effective. So it tells you who's pitching the best. So it takes these, who's going into the highest leverage things like Kendall Graveman, we talked about um, who's performing the best in those moments. And then it, it takes all those other things. So um, when probability add is nothing super confusing. It's just how important your performance was towards the team winning. Okay. Um, so if a Chapman comes in with a three run lead and strikes out the side, that's nice, but it's not like a big WPA rating because he didn't really do much. He just ensured the win. He didn't propel the team towards it. Does that make sense? Yes. That so, does. yep. So WPA just, it, it, it does those things. So like, and it's a cumulative stat. So as the year goes on, the numbers will, will add on or whatever, but if you have a bad game, it's going to drop your number down. Um, so like if you were excellent, it's six. So at the end of the season, you see a guy with a WPA of six or higher. He had a really good year. Great is three or above. So that's still very good. Um, above average is two. So that's where we're looking at when, when you're looking at those things. So again, it's, it's not predictive, it's cumulative, but it's a very good, it's a nice rating because it just says, Hey, this guy did, you know, A, B, C, or D to help his team win this game. Right. Um, which goes into like what, what, what coaches want, right? I mean, as a mm -hmm. manager, you want guys who are going to propel you to a victory. So that's, that takes a lot of the context. Any, yeah. Next year, any reliever that's going into an arbitration hearing, I am available to hire. I'll come in with all of the win probability stuff and argue that it's not about saves. It's about who's adding value to your team to win. And I'll I'll win your case for you. But imagine um, that Greg, then you got to add that to your work day is becoming the arbiter for, um, for anyone, any relief pitcher in arbitration. That's That's, right. That's amazing. I'll help. I'll help Kendall Grayman win his arbitration case. I'd be happy to do it. I'm with you gravy. Um, so, um, leverage index is a little different. So, Mm -hmm. um, and I, I know there's prefer- a couple, right? There's, there's yeah, a there's a whole, there's like five, but um, I focus on GMLI, which okay. is uh, it's basically when you enter the um, game, right? This is okay. when right when you come in. So when we're talking about, I don't want to keep running Grayman into the ground, but like when he came into the sixth inning that day, it was still a high leverage moment because the game was on the line. So, right. Um, the 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 GMLI kind of. It moves around with those things. So when you come in, so the same thing, Plaza came in today with a four run lead, gave up a couple of hits, struck out a guy. It wasn't a save or anything. So it's really not going to move the needle on his GMLI. Now, if okay. he comes in with his team ahead by one in a runaround base and he closes the door, now his GMLI rating goes higher. 
Um, so again, this one, if you have a good GMLI, you're at two or above. Um, so uh, one is average. So that's like the median. And, and then we just kind of go from there. Um, you asked me about PLI. That's just any players, whatever for game events. That's just average, right? across the board. Right. right. Okay. Right. Cool. So, so the GMLI is measuring when they're coming in. So is right. he coming in the seventh inning in a one run game? Is he coming in the eighth inning up by five? So if you like, look at the twins, for example, you know, we like Jorge Alcala because he's got a nasty slider and we think he could strike a bunch of people out, especially right-handed batters. However, the twins don't use him in big leverage moments. So his GMLI is low. Got it. So we, we want him to be something that they may not let him be. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and that's where it comes into play. So the, so sometimes, and I hate it because people, people want black and white answers. They're like, Hey, Greg, who's going to get the save tomorrow? I, right. I don't know. <laughs> I wish I knew if I yeah. could predict them all. Right. Of course. And, you know, cause like when they activated Fairbanks, everybody wanted to know, well, do I get Kitchers? I'm like, well, you don't want Kitchers today. Cause he's the opener. Right. It doesn't mean he won't close another game. Yeah. But, you can open yeah, you can close um, the next, you know, game. <laughs> I, right. I, it's, it's the, in the next, the next 10 days with the Rays is going to be a crapshoot until Diego gets back and then we'll see if he settles back into the ninth or if they're going to go more fluid with Fairbanks yet. So, so we don't know now, now I lowered their number because I, I'm not sure. Um, and I got to get a hat to about the drew because he, he gave me that idea. He's like, is there a way you can just put a rating next to the guy so I can differentiate where to spend fab. And I was like, I'm like, that makes a lot of sense. So right. I, I added that in based on, based on him sending me that suggestion on Twitter um, and again, you're always open to new ideas. So <clears throat> that that's the stuff. So we use cool. those in there. Those those two things we just spoke about are baked into the REM. Um, and so, and we also use shutdowns and meltdowns. Now, yeah, um, this was a this was a way that they 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 took away the save or hold moniker and they put it into so a, a shutdown is greater than or equal to. 0.06 WPA added. So you came into the game and you moved the team's win probability forward. Okay. okay. That's, Got that's it. a shutdown. Okay. A meltdown is you went in and you, you took the win probability down yeah. from your team. So you did not do well. Um, so it's just a, it's just a way to say you either pitched well or you did not. Um, and so, so within the formula is shutdowns minus meltdowns. Um, those are included. So that's the, all of that, like I said, all of that's baked in. Um, we I could like probably that. have a separate show of Matt explaining how he came up with the formula. He kept <laughs> running different numbers to make it balance out. Right. So like I said, so when we ran it and we looked at like, I think it was 2018, we looked at the year and we we're like, okay, so the guys who were the best relievers came up in the top 10 and we're like, we're on the right path. Right. And so, so we took it and we kept going forward with it. And that's why we leave the, on the, on the REM tab, if you open it, you can see like 2019 and 2020 because it just shows, hey, these were the relievers that scored really well. And you're like, okay, this, you know, it's, it's not perfect, but at least it gives you in-season tangible information. So like when he ran REM on um, Monday night, Kendall Graveman was first um, for, for the for the week of games leading up to that. So that made sense because he had a really good week. He didn't get a save but he did so much to help his team win games that he right. created out well. 
So Hader came in second, Chapman came in third, and you're like, that checks the boxes. Those guys all had great weeks. So that's how we came up with it. And it was just a way to differentiate. So when people are saying, hey, who's it going to be? I can say, well, this guy is ranked the highest, so maybe he gets first shot. But again, right. it's up to the manager, not me. I, I, I If, yeah, if I had all those predictions at my pulse, I'd, I'd be moving out to Vegas. Yeah, <laughs> a thousand percent on that. And um, that 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 can all be found on the player pages, right? On win probability tab, uh, the SD, MD. Yep. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah, and it's nice. You can pull up. And, and what's nice, too, is like if something happens, I'll pull up the team page and you look at the individual players and I just, you know, you hit the tabs and it ranks them in order. And I can say, OK, this guy is the highest WPA, but his GML lies over here. So I don't know if they'll trust him yet. Right. Again, it's arbitrary and and it's not exact, but at least it gives me it gives me insight to how they're being used by their manager. Right. hundred percent. I actually um, um, made I took a time, made some custom leaderboards. Um, and one of them is the, you know, is a relief pitcher toolbox. So I'm just looking at what I want to look at for believers and i remember reading um your article talking about the shutdowns and the meltdowns and i'm like hmm i gotta add yeah. this and i gotta add this to my toolbox <laughs> no but it, it's it's like you said um we're never gonna know that answer but the more information um definitely helped and i think that those those metrics tell a story for sure you know mm-hmm. and um can lead and, us and to- it does I would say it does stink sometimes because a guy's pitching so well in the eighth inning, sometimes he gets pigeonholed there. Right, right. Um, Absolutely. Like Aaron Bummer, I think, had – he was in – I had it down in my notes for the historical. Yeah. Uh, in 2019, Aaron Bummer was third in WPA. Wow. Behind Will Smith and Kirby Yates, but he had one save. That's it. So, but right. the White Sox were using him to, to in those highest leverage moments, and he made life easier for Alex Calame. Right. You know? right. So, and, then, and so that's the <laughs> historical, um, like you're saying, you brought up some historical, um, con- like, um, like uh, what, what what's been like the the highest, I guess, the best um, WPA in recent history is that like and and two in the last three years, uh, Blake Trinan had a six point two two in two thousand eighteen. That was the wow. year he was just unbelievable. Wow, um, that's fascinating. Jeffers came in second that year with fifteen saves. That was the year him and Hader were sharing saves in Milwaukee. Right. Um. But actually, they they. They both ended up in the top five that year with 12 and 15 saves. Um, Edwin Diaz, which here's the amazing part. Edwin Diaz that year had 57 saves, but he was third in WPA. So wow. he got a lot of like easy run lead yeah. saves. Right? Yeah. So there was a bunch of gimmies and this is nothing against Diaz because he still had to close those game out. But, right. you know, he, he wasn't in like high pressure situations as often as Trinan was. Um, so or Jeremy Jeffress. So it's, it's just funny when you see some of that and you're like, hmm. it's funny to hear that number that you just said, 57. Yeah. I don't know if we'll see that again. That a real number. Like when you said it, I knew like, obviously that it happened and it did, but like when you really let it sink in, like 57 saves, that's like, <laughs> it was only three years ago. And it, it seems like, it seems ago. like forever. 
you need like 70 right now to be like 80th percentile in like 15 team <laughs> leagues. Yeah. <laughs> and he almost did it by himself. And he yeah. almost did it by himself. You could have had him plus a spec and 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 wow, that's fascinating. 57. Man, that blows my mind. That's that's amazing. Um well, one thing that um that you mentioned a lot in your in your articles is you like to pinpoint um like whiff percentages for the players um on either on all the pitches or certain pitches. Um, tell me why you think that's like something that's good to look at. Relievers are in an exact science, but I think most of us prefer to have a guy that can get swings and misses. Um, you know, CSW is nice for starters because they're working to more hitters. Um, but if I got a guy with runners on second and third, I want a guy that can strike people out to get me out of that inning. Um, so I, I've, I, t- I lean more towards the whiff percentage when I'm looking at the relievers just for that reason. I, I want guys with high strikeout minus BB. Um, I want guys with swinging strike percentages. I want guys who limit contact. So those are the things I'm looking for. Low low contact, low Z contact. Right. These, these are the guys that they're hard to hit. And, and that's, you know, as long as they're throwing strikes, and that's always been like the, the damning thing about Darwin's and Hernandez. He's talented, but... He doesn't throw freaking strikes. So he teased me in Texas. We'll see if that can continue. Um, I don't know that it will, but I don't know if that was just because he was wiping out Texas hitters with lefty lefty matchups or if if he's actually buying into, and I know the coaching staff in Boston is preaching throw strikes. Um, And and Matt Barnes even admitted that in an article. He said, he goes, you know, I used to nibble. I never realized I could just throw strikes to get ahead and it would, it would put me in a position to succeed, you know, and we know that's that's Tampa Bay transplants going to that front office, and and we'll have to see how all that shakes out. Uh, those yeah. are just little things you want to pay attention to. So so when a guy starts turning a corner a little bit, that's why I'm intrigued. It doesn't mean Darwin Hernandez is going to get a save next week because that's not the case, but it does mean, however the Boston season goes, at least he's going to start moving into more of a seventh eighth eighth inning role. And that might unlock the door to future save chances. That's in a year where we're looking for any ancillary save we can get. Those are the things we're just trying to track. So it's like, I can't just hone in on who's getting a save. I have to also track who's improving and who's changing some of their stuff. Right. Um, So with percentage to me just helps identify, you know, whatever. Uh, and, And it gets me clued in. So it's like, all right, Cesar Valdez is, is you know, his dead fish changeup, and, and he has different variations of it, which was a great article on MLD.com if he took the time to read it. Yep. Um, you know, he, he's getting swinging strikes. I mean, right. he's not dominating, but uh, we don't need him to be. We, we just, if he gets me a save or two a week, then fantastic. You know, right. that's, 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 all I, that's all I need out of him in this climate, especially. Right. I, I totally agree with you with the with percentage. Um, one thing that was a heavy part of my offseason um, evaluation for lead pitches was going through that, um, either filtering out through the leaderboard, Alex Chamberlain, or doing it on fan graphs and, um, and stack cast. Because uh, like you said, like um, we're looking for any bit of information, but I also like how in that belief pitching um, snapshot, like you're saying, like this is, everything is so hyper-focused on, you know, what this guy has to do in that amount of time. And like you said, with, with runners on, you want, you want a guy who's just going to be able to put it through 
players, like you said, the low Z contact stuff like that, when you can um, take that little fraction of an inning or, you know, three outs mm-hmm. in an inning and, and break it down into um, any little, you know, part that you could benefit from, I think it helps. And that's why I love looking at the width per swing and width percentage. Um, it, it definitely helps in identifying those, those relievers that, you know, uh, obviously, like you said, it could be a guy who doesn't have a ton of like velocity, um, you know, and we could still look at things like ground ball percentage, obviously too. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, yeah, and that's can how be a guy like, that's how Melanson succeeded. He's right. got a ground ball percentage over seventy this year. He's wow. he's just God boring bless. that cutter in on people and getting ground ball outs. I mean, good old Melanson. Again, I, I whiffed on him. I, I wholeheartedly admit it. I, I I saw nothing in spring training that suggested that this was going to happen. No beat writer in the world was saying it was going to be Melanson. It was all. Pagan this, Pagan that, and and they just pulled the end around on us. So, <laughs> and and he had he had more walks than strikeouts in spring. But I guess we do have to remember, and I have to remind myself, um, veterans don't treat spring the same way that other people do. So right. somebody who's fighting for a job treats spring differently than a guy like Melanson who's just out there getting work in. And I really have to, I have to ingrain that into my brain and say, okay, right. A 25-year-old, I really have to pay attention to KBB. If it's Melanson, I guess in spring, I can ignore it if you're basing it on this year because, you know, anyone who says they saw this coming from Melanson's lion. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, because like half my brain was on the, well, you know, he's not that good of a reliever, you know, so why would they bring him here to not to close? But then that's what my other brain was saying, you know, he's not the best reliever out of this bunch so there's no way he's closing or don't way he's going to close all these games and at some point he's going to have to show you know those uh those cracks in the armor that he kind of showed last year so but it hasn't been the case yet <laughs> definitely not you know backing up what no, it's 11 think, things can I, change on a dime yeah yes, oh, absolutely uh, it's it's as of right now he, he's made a liar out of me and that's okay and, you, you're <laughs> never you're never gonna get all these things right there's no, there's no chance right no chance no, right absolutely so i wanted to talk uh about those little ratings um that that you have next to each team and so you have a one to five scale so on the five scale which is the um clear clark clear cut closer i wanted to know um who out of the five do you feel least comfortable with right now? I know two of the three walks, his last outing were intentional. Um, but Kenley Jansen still walking too many people. If you take those two intentional walks out, he still has a 20% walk rate this year. Wow. Um, they're managing his innings, which is okay. And, right. and he had that, he had that little window there where he was a gift machine and you saw him on the pitching ninja stuff every other minute. Mm-hmm. Um, however, he, he still seems like he's nibbling. Like I watch a role Chapman this year and he just looks different. Like I'm, I, I after his first game, I looked at my girlfriend. I'm like, he's confident this year. There, right. It's just like, you can see in his body language and it, there he is, he's, he's dialed in and, and that's mm-hmm. cool especially because I have him in tout. Um, but, um, you know, he's, I think he's one of four or five relievers right now. That's not have a meltdown. So I got to knock on wood. Um, but yeah, everyone's going to have a day and we get that. 
Jansen to me seems like he's really nibbling a lot. Um, right. So I watch him and it's, a, you, you don't feel easy watching him close a game. And with all of the injuries they've had in that bullpen, they need him more than ever. Um, I know they're not going to overwork him, and they've made that very clear. So that helps insulate him a little bit. But I, I, I'm still old enough to remember that it was Julio Urias closing out game six. And I know there was COVID and other things that they gave excuses for. Um, and, I, and I know the Dodgers trust him in the ninth inning because they keep him there. But he is a free agent at the end of the season, so they really have nothing to lose if they decide um, they need an upgrade. Right. And at some point, if they get desperate, I think they're going to. And if they do, then they can, they can change his role. So um, I have him as a number five just because of the situation. And they, they seem very committed to trying it in the eighth inning and they've kept it that way. And, and I'm okay with that because they even kept trying it in the eighth when they let Knievel close before he got hurt. Um, so that tells you trying is the eighth inning guy. So, and, right. and okay, I believe you. Um, so, so for me of the number fives right now, that would be the one that makes me the most nervous. And it's because of the command issues. Uh, and we talked yeah. about, we want guys that are getting swinging strikes that are limiting contact and everything else. So yes. Okay. He got the two intentional walks and he got the ground out. He got the double play to end the inning, but they still had a, they still had the run score. Um, so yeah, yeah. Uh, that, okay. that, that's who I'm most nervous about. I have zero shares and there's a reason for that. So I'd yeah. rather I'd rather be out a year too early than a year too late. Got it. All right. Awesome. Um, next, I wanted to ask you about um, some. Let's take a quick cruise around the league with a couple of bullpens, and I wanted to um, get your opinion on the Philadelphia Phillies bullpen right now. Nervous is um, you know getting. Obviously, most of the day, but uh, Alvarado picked up his second. Coonrod also has um, two, I believe. Um, who, who, who do you think would be? Um, would there be a, a clear cut? This is the next guy if they decided um, that Neris wasn't their main guy anymore. You think Alvarado Coonrod would be like come clear cut number one closers, or you think it would just go more into like a committee approach? I think he would lean committee. Um, now Alvarado got the save last night because he was off of his two game suspension and Coonrod and Neris both had 1.2 inning outings before that. So they were on ice. Um, but so it, it just worked out well. Um, Coonrod's been a pleasant surprise. He's actually leapfrogged Connor Brogdon in the hierarchy, Mm -hmm. um, with his recent performance. We all kind of thought Brogdon was going to be the other right-handed reliever next man up. And Coonrod has definitely um, usurped that role from him, um, which makes which blows my mind because the Giants pretty much gave him up for nothing, um, and they're having and they need right-handed relievers. So it's like mm, I, I, they might have misjudged that one. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, now, if Matt Moore is going to end up staying as a reliever, that does help Alvarado because that would give you a, another lefty. Jojo Romero has been very up and down. I don't think they trust him. Um, um, if Moore would accept, I mean, that he pitched for the first time in 18 days yesterday, but he'd look good as a reliever. Yeah. I think he would be better in shorter spurts. He would almost be uh, in the Adam Morgan like role. And then that would unlock the door if they wanted Alvarado in the late innings. Um, but, uh, I read a cool thing. Kapler was talking about buckets of relievers where you almost have your trust levels 
So yes. they, they could almost make two buckets. They could right. have bucket A is A, B, and C, and then bucket B is D, E, F, and then they can keep guys fresh if they so choose. So I think they're okay staying with Naris right now, but they're not scared to go to Coonrod or Alvarado when it's necessary. Um, so again, in, in 15 team formats, that means you can keep them around because you might get a cheap save. Uh, right. if that's something that you need, right. um, but I, I make sure that's a need-based thing, not just you're flipping them in there. Cause you're, you're hoping for a save. It's you need a save. Right. Absolutely. And that's like one of the, um, I think mistakes that a lot of people might make, even though if, um, uh, even if like in a 15 team voter league, even if you're desperate for save, sometimes I feel like, um, you don't have to put a guy in there and hope and wish for something when you can just, you know, maybe rack up some, some K's and wins as you can with some starters. And then when that, when you have a guy, you feel like he should have an opportunity to get some saves, not like, Oh, I hope he gets the save this week because, right. You know, you could really be losing a lot of stats all the way around. if just wasting that spot on a wish, you know? So it's a tough, it's a tough line to, um, tough line to toe. Um, mm-hmm. But they do uh, that. That bullpen pretty solid. Um, I, I feel like if they go to Alvarado, Coonrod, I like to say Coonrod's been been wonderful. You know. Yeah, he's he, he's been a he's been a very pleasant surprise. Right. And right. And, and he's gained uh, Girardi's trust pretty fast. Right. Absolutely. Which is uh, which is always great, right there. Let's keep it in the NL East with the Miami Marlins. Um, let's say they uh move off a of Yimmy. Do you think they would go back to Bass or do you like like a Curtis or Florio um, type of skill set to move in there? Are you saying they're going to trade Yimmy? Or yeah, maybe if they trade him or I mean, at some point just... they're probably going to, because he's yeah. a free agent at the end of the season. Right. Um, Great point. They want Bass to get back in there, but he, he was turning the corner and then blew a save again the other day in like the, the seventh or eighth inning right? Uh, with the two runs. <sighs> well, I would cheat and text Mish, but um, <laughs> if done to my head right now, I would guess they would give the first chance to Curtis and then they would keep grooming the young kids that are coming along. Right. Um, yeah. They do like Holloway. Um, and there's a couple of other arms that if they converted, you know, the Marlins is going to be interesting. If they get six though back, and some things go right with their offense. If Marte can get back in there, they could still remain on the, the periphery of the playoff picture. But if six still can't come back and Marte has a setback and other things go awry, then you could see them selling. So they're, they're another team like the Cubs that could, that, that could, that could buy or sell depending on how things transition in, in the next month or two. Right. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm like, I had an opportunity to pick up Bass in a league and I didn't know if it was like a, a good idea to try to get him for cheap for a buck and, and just stash. Um, but um, yeah, and then it's, it's, it really and, depends on the bench size. Right. And then BC, right. I think you'd have a hard time doing it with all the right. injuries. It's just right. so hard with injuries. Absolutely. That, that's seven it really spots, is. man. Oof, yeah. It is tough. It you're is making tough. bad, you're making big decisions every weekend on fob. It's like, okay, should he stay? Should he go? I mean, um, I, I, I can finally make a move in the TGFBI because it makes me sad, but I have to, it's time to move on from Jordan Hicks. Luckily I drafted Alex uh, Reyes as well. 
but it's it's oh, he's it's, out for at least four weeks. It's time you you, you gotta yeah. Great, I love I you, Jordan, but it's time to let go. Yeah, I love you. You gotta too. know. Right, I had I had. Uh, it's heartbreak hotel. It bothers me. It's sad trombone, but I it, it it's time. I, I tried to stand by him, but. Uh, Reyes, Reyes has done yeah. nothing to get out of that role. They love Diego's in the eighth, and now they got Helsley in the seventh. They've 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 got it all reslotted. Um, Hicks might get back in a month or so, but then it's going to take him at least another month to get back into high leverage. So you're yeah. you're talking two months out from even getting holds. So no, it's yeah. it's time to let go. I know what a sad time. I, I had to let go of him. In my <laughs> but, main but event I, I, in TGFBI, uh, I desperately need something to fill in for him. So at least I know he's going. Right, right, right. Yeah, I. Uh, and I'm also going to be saying goodbye to Gary Sanchez. I'm going to go get. I'm going to go get one of those cheap catchers, whether it's my, my man Tortuga or I'm going to go get the, the younger Contreras down in Atlanta. Mm, yeah, the young Contreras, I like that move. I, I like was really that. upset because I wanted to get him last week, but he wasn't in the player pool yet. I was yes. like, oh. You know, it's like <laughs> kind of one thing that I really like. I love to speculate. And I, you know, they, I read the reasoning once on the forum and, you know, it would just add to, you know, the – the mayhem of fat, but I think that's the beauty of it. If you can scoop right. it if you're, up from if you're the smart liners, enough, right. Yeah. You're putting in yeah. the work. Yeah. Like, you know, if you, a lot of, I mean, I, don't know. I think while well, our noses are in the information enough that we can keep tabs on that and just have an open play pool, but rules are rules and we got to play yes. by him. Um, I know. Let's move over to the Pirates. Um, Rich Rodriguez is just on a on a run right now, right? Since last year, we just got a run of phenomenal. Oh, yeah. And, and right now he's retired. He's retired 28 batters in a row. I mean, just like he has out. a 0.17 whip. I mean, we, we know he can't do this over a full season, but uh, somebody's going to be paying the piper soon to get him in their bullpen, whether it's as a setup guy or their closer. Right. Uh, right. We already talked about one team that could look at him being Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. They obviously don't care about the payroll. Yeah, no, they definitely don't. They could definitely um, ante up, no problem. Um, so give me a read on what you see with the rest of the bullpen right now. Is it a Kyle Crick situation? Um, he, I think he's still slightly ahead of Bednar. Now, they yeah. could trade Crick too, but um, yeah, Crick's been, a, Crick's been a little better performance-wise, and he's been in the eighth inning. Um, Bednar was in the seventh the other day, so I, I think you have to trust that slotting for now. Um, they did say, you know, the beat writers do say that the team sees Bednar as a closer of the future and his velocity is better than Crick right now. Um, so maybe in the next month, if Bednar hits another level and, and starts racking up more strikeouts, he might be able to jump. He might be able to leapfrog Crick. Um, we'll just have to see how that goes. But today it would be Crick ahead of Bednar. My guy in that bullpen, my favorite. I know guys. you love Underwood Jr. He's I been love struggling Underwood lately. Jr. I know, I know, but it, he's still like you know. Uh, he's been pitching nine. well, though. I mean, right? He, he'd be right. good enough to still be on the Cubs. See, and and that's where I was. I picked him in like three DCs because uh, you know I didn't like the Kimbrel you know, spot. And I just figure like, you know, in round 45, 46, he was one of the guys I was always looking to for some late round, you know, spec, but you know, in the things that we're talking about, like his own contact is, you know, 81%, you yeah. know, a, a Sierra is two nine. K, KBB is 23%. He's, he's got some tantalizing skills, uh, you know, and um, he's just a fan. I'm just a fan. I'm hoping he gets a shot. Um, I know he hasn't been really 
working in the highest of of uh leverage but um yeah i'm 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 still holding out hope for uh my buddy underwood jr there um <laughs> and, and and you are mentioning the cubs um i agree with doug dennis i think braylon marquez is going to end up in the bullpen i i don't think he's got a third pitch to become a i don't think <clears> he has a third pitch or the command to be a starting pitcher um so i think if and when they trade Kimbrel, um, Marquez will get called up, and then probably within two to three weeks, he'll be getting. He should be getting save chances. The guy can hit a hundred. You know, he's a he's a power powerful lefty with with a with a fastball slider combo, which is exactly what you want from a high octane um, leverage reliever. So if we right. can get him to throw strikes, um, he would be a a terrific add down the road, and and dynasty people or, or people in uh, keeper formats. Um, if you want to stash them for a chance of saves down the road, that that's a name to tuck away. It's, and it's one thing I keep in the back of my mind for, for some reason about Chris sale, you know, I'm like, what if the Red Sox are competing and they got a chance to, you know, make, you know, you know, make some noise and he's maybe not healthy enough to be like a full-time starter. Like, does he go into that, like John Smoltz, you know, come back as a, as a closer? Well, I mean, he did it with the White Sox. Right. Right. It's not like he's never done it before. And, and, just... and Smoltz did do that. He was coming back from an injury and closed yes. for the year and then came back to the rotation. So yeah, but there, there is a path for that to happen. If, if the Red Sox can, can stay afloat in that division. Right. Um, there's sure. a lot of, a lot of season left. Um, we'll have to see how that all goes, but yeah. um, it, it it's better for baseball if you if you've got the, the Yankees and the Rays and the Red Sox all battling, um, and, and and then I'm not even talking about the Blue Jays. They're they're gonna that that could end up being a four team free for all. It's 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 definitely my favorite, which would be fun division to watch. Yeah, it, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's a bunch of solid teams there. Um, I want to talk about the Giants next. Could you mention Jake McGee before? Um, mm-hmm. And I know in your article, you touched on the usage right now pattern for Tyler Rogers and Jake McGee, especially Rogers and how he's on pace for um, over a hundred appearances, right? He season? was, they, they've scaled him back a little bit okay. recently. I think they finally sat down and looked at it and said, Oh my God, we can't, even though he's a <laughs> submariner, they're like, we can't do this to the poor kid. So they, they have dialed them back. But when I, when I wrote that article, yes, he was on pace for a hundred, 102 games. And it hasn't been done since 1974 when it was Mike Marshall. Could you imagine a season like that? No. Mark, Mike Marshall that year, he won 15 games and Eight. saved 20 plus. Wow. What would that, what would that be worth in a Roto league? Oh my God. Oh my God. That's a $45 value. He threw probably. 200 innings <laughs> as a reliever with 15 <laughs> wins and 20 something saves. That, that would that, be such a unicorn. People would be like salivating. Salivating. <laughs> that, that, we can't that, get anybody to throw 200 innings, period. And he did it as yeah. a reliever. It's just such a wow. – just think of how much the games change. I mean, that's – 1974 is not that long ago. No, it really isn't. That's just fascinating. 200 out of the pen. Wow. Wow. That's really – that's really um, – Unbelievable. Yeah, see, so, yeah, he had a hundred appearances. It's just nuts. I mean, nuts. he pitched in he pitched in two thirds of the games. <laughs> Talk about when that poor guy arm. get a day just, off. Yeah, yeah, geez, that's amazing. Yeah, so, when, I, when I went through and ran that stat cast search, I was like, or oh my, the stat had search on Baseball Reference. I was like, oh my god, that's that's Ooh. pretty. Um, I gotta I gotta become more um, uh, 
smooth on stat head. I feel like sometimes I have like an idea for a good search and I go and I can't pull it off. And I'm like, what? Oh, no, I'm terrible at it. I got (laughs) it. So we'll have to get Rob to. Rob's going to have to teach us those Rob silver. I know yeah. he's good at those. And yeah. I, I, I definitely need tutorials on that. I've even watched a couple and I'm still clueless. Sometimes <laughs> I'm like, Oh my God, what am I doing? It took like, me like three doing? tries to get that and then be able to copy and paste it. So Nando could get it in the article. Yeah. I was like, I hope this works. I'm sorry. I was like, here's the, here's the bookmark just in case. Oh, that's great. Um, so talk to me about the giant in your, in your, um, in your morning article, you talked about a possible sleeper to keep an eye on in this bullpen. Yeah. Um, well, they need right-handed help. Um, I, I'm not willing to give up on Camilo Duvall yet. Okay. Um, but you know, I mean, the, the beat writers kind of threw him under the bus, but I mean, who hasn't struggled in course? I mean, right. At his age, all right, so he gave up a home run to Charlie Blackman. I mean, that, that's not the worst thing that's going to happen in his career. Uh, but um, Logan Webb, it, once Cueto comes back, he's going back into the bullpen. Um, he did get a hold earlier in the season, and his he could be very filthy with the, with the changeup and, and the slider. Um, he doesn't have to use his fastball as much as what gets him in trouble as a starter. Right. So yes, he, he can end up either being a multi-inning weapon a la Michael Kopech, um, mm-hmm. just not with, not with quite the strikeout upside, but if he gets some vulture wins and things of that nature, because we know the Giants play close games, that's just the way they're constructed. They're, they have good pitching, uh, a middling offense, and, and usually a decent bullpen as long as the guys are getting rest. Um, so yes, uh, I'm, I'm going to keep tabs on how they use Logan Webb once things get rolling. Um, you know, that they, they can't use Tyler Rogers every day, but they did say that Rogers is going to get more chances in the ninth. Um, so Jake McGee's hold on being the closer is, is slipping. So if you own Jake McGee, you need to start planning accordingly. He, he may still get saves, but he, he's not going to be the only one, uh, at the end of this table there. Right. Right. And, um, you know, you mentioned, um, you know, playing in close games, the way their teams have built their, they're um, actually right now tied with the Dodgers for, for the most amount of team holds. Um, and mm-hmm. I actually wanted to ask you a quick question about uh, uh, holds and sold league. Cause um, I know like a lot of people don't play in them and, you know, people have a, uh, an issue with the hold itself um, being very long. It's, it's an imperfect stat. <laughs> it's a definitely an imperfect stat because, you know, but um, I feel like the, the um, because I know in my keeper league that we have hold as a category um, sold, sorry. And, you know, I've just been learning to like stream um, believers uh, pretty, pretty regularly um, by looking at some simple, you know, like, um, some simple filters that I found like um, when I popped up the last couple of years of uh, holds and saves um, from mm-hmm. teams. And it's just like winning teams who oh, starters yeah. don't go that long um, end up having a whole bunch of sold uh, uh, hold. And um, if you look down the, the hold uh, list right now, the Dodgers, Giants, Padres, Rays, uh, Boston, yep. Atlanta, you know, so good teams um, that are definitely in the mix for hold. And uh, mm-hmm. again, like when, when, when the starters, so that's the way I've been trying to, uh, attack like a weekly stream where I see like a, a good team who had some, some starters that are only going four or five. I just try to, you know, speculate on that, uh, yep. you know, a bullpen on there. Um, so how do, is there, is there a way you prefer to attack like a, a, a league with holds 
I guess, is there a strategy that you like? Do you tend to go to um, like the, um, do you knock down the, the, the big closers per se for saves when you're playing in a whole league and just go for the lesser name guys? In a, in a Solds, yeah, in a Solds league, I'm looking for guys on good teams with high volume. I mean, mm-hmm. that's the key. You, you hit right. on, you, you want good teams because they're, they're winning games. I mean, you can have a, you know, in, in a Solds format, now you're knocking down Cesar Valdez because he's not as much of a volume guy. Um, as these other, as these other ones. So, right. you know, again, he's, he's pitching great this year, but you know, that then he takes a little step back. Uh, so yes, you, you know, um, Victor Gonzalez racks up a bunch of holds, yes, I love um, Victor you know, yep. you know, and, and I, I did get that one in the preseason. So in my <laughs> athletic article, I was like, everyone goes and gets bruised our grad all, which I don't understand. I was like, I would be getting Victor Gonzalez in all those leagues hands down. Uh, if I was in a holes thing, I want him. I want the lefty. I want the high re- high leverage lefty on a good team because he gets the reps. Okay? Right. So teams have shown you this because you need lefties getting guys out in the seventh, eighth or whatever inning that that's an important thing. So if you, you've got a good lefty, then that's, that's an easy way to get uh solds in those, in those things. So, you know, look at Jeffrey Springs this year. He's got two wins and two saves now and a handful of holds. So, I mean, in that, in that sort of a format, and that was a guy they got off waivers from Boston. You right. know? So it's, that's just the Tampa Bay way. Um, but, but they've shown you how to succeed in, in, in solds. But, you know, so G- Giovanni Gallegos in my SGP is second in a solds format. Right. So now, now you're changing things. So it's not just, hey, I need, I need a saves guy. Now it's, I want good relievers. Use Merrill Pettit's uh, sixth. Jonathan Loisiga is seventh. So it just changes things. So you just adjust um, your targets to, you know, good teams and guys that are getting those one inning outings that are racking them up. Um, and, and, and especially when teams have good matchups. So you, you're putting them in positions to win those games. The downside is, is we get, uh, like say the Yankees or whatever, if they blow a team out, then you're not going to get souls because if you right. buy five, then, it, then it's gone. So like Clase lost the save chance today because Fran Mill Reyes hit a home run in the eighth inning. So it's like, yeah. ah, rats. <laughs> <laughs> and now that and helped you, me in like two leagues, the whole run, but then yeah. like leagues that needed to save are like, oh, shoot. <laughs> I'm looking the at joys your, of fantasy. Yeah. The joys of fantasy where, especially if you're spread thin, like, across a lot of leagues and of course you know you're gonna get those moments where you're like oh man that that was good and that was bad at the same time right it's crazy i'm looking at your um sold the sgp sold sheet and Pettit and uh Oisica. It, it's crazy because i thought i thought it was like a misprint but they have like the same line almost of yeah uh, for you know it's crazy one save three hold a piece um 18.1 innings the same same exact amount of innings, two earned runs, uh, same thing there. Uh, mm-hmm. so six more Ks for a wise ago, but um, yeah. Just and it has two, the extra win, so that gives him yeah. a value boost. And there. Yeah, but it's a, yeah. just uh, yeah. And just you, you, would, nev- you would never guys. think that they were comparable. No, right, right. You're looking at it. Right Loisica is young and he's got the Live high on. velocity, yeah. but Petit can just throw every day. He's just another one of those guys that can just take the ball and go. Does it every um, day? And again, he's Does he's vastly overlooked, but in a Souls League, you can never ignore him. Right. Him and Deekman are like gold in that. So Yikes. that's 
Absolutely. What are you seeing right now from uh, Colorado Rockies? You think they're going to roll with Bard or? Um, He's on a short leash. Yeah, for sure. Short leash. Um, even his save, um, his save yesterday still came with two walks and an unearned run. Um, so it's like, you know, it's, I, I wanted the roof. He's such a great story. I wanted yes. him to do well. Right. Um, uh, I, I, I don't know. Um, same thing. I, they might use Givens next if, if they have to remove Bard from closing um, to build trade value. Um, Cause they, they know that, I mean, they have to know they have to sell. Right. Um, so they can trade Givens to a contender. Um, Cause he's another guy that's underrated. He's throwing a ton of changeups this year, changed his whole pitch mix. Um, so to me, the, the sleeper now might become Robert Stevenson. I was big on Stevenson last year and injuries really punctured his season. He did not throw well, um, but he, he's off to a, he's much better of late. I think uh, 1.13 ERA off the top of my head is last eight outings. Um, and he's not scared of cores because he's pitched 13 career innings there and only only given up, uh, I think, one or two earned runs total in them. So, wow. um, you know, it, it might be that was kind of Scott Oberg wasn't scared to pitch in Colorado. He was actually successful at it. He was one of the rare relievers that did OK in home games. And, and I remember McGee in an interview um, before the season saying that cores messes with your head and then. I watched him implode in that game. And I still think that was in the back of his mind. Right. The self-fulfilling prophecy. He's like, man, I can't pitch here. And That's sure right. as crap, he couldn't. So, um, you know, you, you take that with a grain of salt. But he did say that it, it really affects you from a mental standpoint pitching there because it you think you're doing something and the ball doesn't do what you want it to do. Right. Yeah. Once you... You want to get beat in your brain. It's uh, it's not a good place to be in. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, sure. no. When, when you when you go into a anything like that with self doubt, you're in trouble. Um, who do you I think? Be- I benched him in my thing this week. I saw him going to cores. I benched him. I was like, no right. chance. I yeah. want nothing to do with it. Right. Yeah. It's a, it makes for an interesting situation. Um, I know the kid Justin Lawrence has a bunch of movement on his uh, pitches, but yeah, well, see that's Stevenson, the other one. So. Yeah, I mean, but but he he didn't pitch last year because he was suspended. Right. And in 2019, he had a little bit of command issues. Now, he never really had those issues before that year. Um, but but that's, you know, people see the gif and they're like, oh, well, he's going to close. I mean, yeah. I got three questions <laughs> about is he going to close? And I'm like, pump the brakes. I mean, yeah. OK, yeah. He, he threw a ball 101 miles per hour and he had great movement on it. But if he doesn't know where it's going half the time, then he's not going to be closing <laughs> this week. I mean, I'm sorry. I, yeah. I love it. I, and again, another great story. I want to root for him. And he kind of has that Jordan Romano mannerisms on the mound. I mean, that's, you know, I dig it. It's cool. But, you know, it, it would be at least a month if he's going to get, and I don't know if he has the command to overtake Stevenson. So, if people want a speculative bid on him, you can put a dollar on Stevenson and you might be the one getting saves in a month. It doesn't mean it's going to happen, but that's, that's the long view we have to take with these things. Could right. Lawrence close games? Sure. Will he? No idea. Right. We have no idea. Um, one more team I wanted to ask you about um, is the Kansas City Royals. And I wanted you to, uh, if you feel like Stalmont is the guy going forward or are they truly going to chess match it? 
This is a tough one. Yeah. Um, Alec Lewis is very um, open and, and provides insight. Um, he works for the athletics. So um, at the beginning of the year, he told um, Aaron and Nate who cover bullpens um, that yes. Nate Markham and uh, Aaron Pags. And Pags, um, yeah. They're great guys. They have me on all the time. I love talking to them. And um, so shout out to you guys. Um, they, they had him on an interview and he said, the team kind of tells guys, this is your, this is your bracket of hitters, one through three, four through six, seven through nine. So when we're playing the A's, Stalmont, this, this is your, this is your bracket of guys when we play this team. And then they kind of abandoned that when um, they had they had the uh, the injury issues and the other things, and Stallman got three saves in a row. So I and they had a Q and A on the athletics, so I sent a question in, and it stinks that I can't send stuff in anonymously because I'm on the WordPress site, so it shows yeah, yeah. up as Greg Jewett. Um, <laughs> not that they know, not that they know who I am, but um, they know I work for the athletic. But yeah. I, I was like, hey, is is this Stallman's rule to lose? Are they going to go back to the matchup? He says, he goes, I believe he's the primary guy. It doesn't mean he's going to get every save, but at least he's, he's at the top of the hierarchy most of the time. Now he did, he did have a rough outing the other day. He is still young. There's going to be, there's going to be days where these guys don't have their stuff. Right. Um, so you just have to be patient, but even if he's in a two third share, that's still better than most. Right. Absolutely. I feel I feel the same way. I feel like they'll, they'll, uh, I did not bid on him because I didn't need him. Right. I'm kicking myself. I probably should have just got a share just in case, but right. I know he went for a lot. I, of money. I was not, I, I, I drafted saves differently this year. Usually I'm more speculative. Like you, like you were talking about early in the show. Um, this year I said the hell with it. I'm getting guys. I know yeah. they're going to be getting saves because I don't want to be, I don't want to be blowing fob the first three months of the season and then be short coming down the stretch. Right. That's, uh, Ah oh, man, such a pain. It gives me the most stress of the weekend. It's trying to bump my saves up. <laughs> oh, my God, um, it is. It's everyone feels it. That's why I still have a job at the athletic. Right. <laughs> That's phenomenal. Um, give you a quick, uh, quick note on Michael Fulmer. Um, you know, he came in, he saved the game, saying he might. This might be the path for him to go down. Yeah, there, there was that. That was, uh, that was, that was, that was, he was the first pitcher in Detroit Tiger history to start the game on one day and save it the next. Um, now, now what I'm encouraged about is working. I I know he didn't go deep into the game as a starter, but coming back the next day, he hit 97. Right. That's not bad. That's not bad. That's not bad at all. Now, um, Soto could be a closer someday, but like I watched the game today he he tried to feel the ball. Him and the oh third baseman God. froze, and then the the Come run the scored, area, right? and you're like, and you're like, dude, what do you stop trying to do too much? Just Candelario was so pissed at him. Oh yeah, <laughs> you can see it. He was so visibly mad. angry, and you're yeah. like, oh yeah, you know. Um, so I like in a year or two, I think Soto could be a very good closer. I, yeah, I don't know right that now. he's ready just yet. Yeah, I don't feel um, like he is. And, and I don't know, I mean, Detroit doesn't really have to play to have a closer, but they've got Manning down in the minors and some other arms of intrigue that are going to be coming up soon. Um, the best use Fulmer might be in the high leverage. Why yeah. not? I mean, if you're only going to win a certain amount of games, wouldn't you want uh, a guy with experience that 
his velocities improved as a, as a reliever compared to being a starter. Right. Um, you know, and Stephen Hagen even wrote that there was a, a Smoltzian path to saves for Fulmer a month ago. And that's why I was talking about him on a show or two. And then they put him back in rotation. I'm like, well, there that goes. And then yesterday I'm like, well, there's the save. So yeah, I, I was off by a month, but he did get a save. So I don't know that they will turn to him, but if, if, if they can sell him on it, I'd be very intrigued. So like you were talking about whatever, I mean, that might be a guy you throw 10 bucks at this weekend and just see what happens. Right. Got it. I like it. I like that idea. Um, Cause if I'm dropping Hicks, I can do that. Oh man. Got to bring it up again. <laughs> Poor old Hicks. I tried, to, I, again, I, I drove I tried the Hicks as long, train. I, I loved know. him, but I, tried as I thought as he was going to bounce back. Me too. Inflammation uh, in the elbow does not give me a warm fuzzy. No, I know. Maybe I was a little too, uh, and, and I was like, too aggressive in my love for him. I knew that. Me too. And I was okay with like May, mid May, like in my original mm-hmm. thought. Oh, I was you too. Know, and yeah, like yeah. I said, I, yeah, I, I didn't draft him on a team without getting Reyes. I mean, I, I, I tried to do the right thing, but I mean, so I mean, I still have Reyes, so that's okay. Right. Um, yeah. So, you know, it, you win some, you lose some. We all know right. that. Absolutely. Who's got the best bullpen in Major League Baseball right now from top to bottom? Now, when you look at the REM rating, it, it grades out the Yankees, but they, they haven't had – I mean, they got they'll, – they'll change after today because that didn't go well with Chad Green. Yeah. To me, the best bullpen right now is Cleveland because yes. if, if, if I can go – if I can pick and choose between Clase and Karinczak, I'm feeling pretty good at night, and so is Tito Francona. Right. Um, and – and I'm okay with it too, because if that stays a 60% Clase bullpen and a 40% Karinczak bullpen, there's still value for both of them. And I'm all right with that. Um, Wickren's been pitching. Okay. Um, he's coming around. Um, Brian Shaw has had a Renaissance. Another guy gets out of Colorado, bounces back to what he used to do. Um, Nick Sandlin threw two shutout innings of relief today and got a hold, um, you know, if they decide they want McKenzie in the bullpen, they can flip him in there. Right. So yeah, uh, uh, Cleveland all of a sudden is getting a little bit dangerous. If they can get some offense, uh, they'll be very interesting in that division. Uh, yep. I think we kicked. I think we kicked dirt on them a little too soon. No, yeah, I think you're right. That that bullpen's lights out right now. Um, definitely, like you said, the, if if it's sixty forty, if it's however it is, it's the both guys are shown to be truly effective in any role they get popped in. So yeah, you got um, was it Karinchak has a strikeout percentage over fifty percent, and Klaze's thrown more than forty percent of his pitches at hundred miles per hour or better. That's that's a pretty good combo at the late innings. Karinchak drives me nuts watching him too with the uh, with that his mannerisms he does. You know, yeah. Yeah, I mean, some of the uh, batters, he, you he, see the he batters. Totally, he pisses off other teams. There's the, yes. the Yankees were not happy with him. <laughs> no, even the announcers, they were like, come on. Like, yeah, yeah, they, yeah, what is they this? They were not digging. So like he got in a dugout with strutting. I mean, that's whatever. He's quirky. He did the wild thing haircut last year, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I, I dig Special K. He's a, he's a good dude. I, yeah. I think he's one of those guys, if he's on your team, you love him. And if he's not, you hate him. Right. And I'm okay with that. <laughs> All right, cool. We're gonna close this out with some from five rapid fire questions that I prepared for you. Just simple, really quick. First thing that pops into your head. All right, here we go. Eckersley or Smoltz? Smoltz. Okay. 
Billy Wagner or John Franco? Wagner. Josh Hader or Valdis Chapman to close out a game right now for you? Today? Today. Chapman. Boom. Should the three batter rule be gone? No, I actually, at, at first I hated it, but now I kind of like it because it, it makes managers make tougher decisions. You can't just, you can't just be a loogie anymore. As much as I don't mind that, um, you really have to pick and choose your spots. Right. And I think it also gave the hold a lot more, uh, a lot less wonkiness to it. You know, right. A yeah. lot less a guy that. comes in, just retires one guy and gets a hold. I mean, right. it's like, right. Okay. Right. right. Last one. Who will be the number one relief pitcher drafted next year? Um, well, we're always inefficient, so I, I still think it'll be your boy Hater. Yeah, especially if yeah, we'll see what happens with their season. Um, yeah, Milwaukee kind of got exposed in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Um, if they decide they're going to rebuild, that's that's the chip. Yeah, you know the Dodgers are just salivating if they put Hater on the market. Oh my God, that would be um yeah. The I mean, bidding the bidding war between L.A. and San Diego to get him would be insane. It would be. It, it, I mean, they would they would own the market. They would own the trade market if he's out there. Right, right. Oh, uh, and and it's you have with, to make hard decisions in this game, and I get it. Um, but if you're a year or two away, if you can get a package of like Kyber Ruiz and some other guys, or you can get Abrams or somebody from the Padres. I don't see how you don't do it. Right. That would be that would be tough because they I know they've been talking a lot of great things about Abrams. So that would be and, and, a big move. And to answer your and to answer your sold's question, I think Michael Simeon uh, at SP Streamer, he had in one of his uh, he had a thing out like a you know a poll on Twitter, but I think he had the right thing. It was um, one of the options was like changing how to do saves or whatever. One of the options was saves plus half holds. I've seen so that, like, you know, right. so like half right. PPR. So mm-hmm. I, I think if you were ever going to get away from just mainstream saves, having holes be worth a half probably levels the playing field when you get those, like a guy gets a hold when he gives up two runs. Right. Right. That's a good, I've seen leagues like that for sure. And it's also, it's also a reason why I don't want to see wins gone because that just takes a lot of value out of some believers as well. Well, like, and, and yeah, I mean, because if, if you don't have wins, then there's no reason to own Ryan Yarborough. Right, right. Just just leave him as a bulk reliever, Tampa Bay. Just, Thank yeah, you. Just, yeah. <laughs> you're doing that's, well. That's for my $2 towel bid. Just, just leave him as a bulk guy, okay? That's just, we'll, we'll all be happy. Sweet. Awesome, Greg. We've been through the whole gauntlet of questions. Um, thank you so much again for showing up and uh, and hanging out with me and talking some baseball. I really enjoyed hearing I your story yeah. into, the, into the fantasy world and your everything. Um, so again, uh, thank you so much. Um, let everyone know again where they can find your stuff and uh, what your uh, what your what your weekly um, you know content uh, stuff involves. All right. So, well, first, thank you for all the kind words and the compliments. And I love messaging back and forth with you on Twitter. It's great to pick each other's brain. It's good stuff. 
Um, I, I'll have to find out someday if that was like your Herb's, Herb Brooks approach to uh, those five questions to, to get my, my, my psychology thing going, um, you know, sit on the couch with Rob here, but um, to see. So on Twitter, it's at G J E W E T T nine. Um, I, I pretty much the closer charts I update every day. I'm just that kind of a psycho. Uh, and I do pin those. So after I, after I post on my pin them. So if you go to my, uh, if you go to my page, they're right there. If you ever miss it or forget where to go, that they're easy to find. Um, and then there's also, uh, in my bio on Twitter is the, is the link to coffee and closers. That's the sub stack that I put out for free. Um, and I try and do that about every day. I did take yesterday off cause I was just gassed and there wasn't a whole, I, I don't want to write something like yesterday. There wasn't much to write about. Right. I wasn't going to force one out there just to have that out there. I was like, eh. I go, there was like two little things. I'm like, that's not worth it. But, um, I, I usually go through, uh, I put stuff from Twitter. Uh, I put stuff from the beat writers. I find stuff on the athletic all the time. There's always little blurbs and things that I can share. Uh, mm-hmm. It's basically mining the news that Jeff Zimmerman came up with the terrific concept at Fangraphs. I just do it with relievers only. Um, right. That's, that's the whole, that's the whole premise of it. Um, so that, that again, that's coffees, coffee and closers.substack.com. Um, that, and again, that's free subscription. And then, um, my stuff on fancy alarm comes out almost every single day. I don't know how I do it. And the athletic closer columns are every Tuesday. So if you subscribe to the athletic, you can get in on those. Um, uh, people leave comments all the time. I'm happy to answer them. And um, people reach out all the time on Twitter. I do my best, but when you ask me uh, A, B, or C, I'll let you know who might be the guy, but it's not gospel, please. Right, right, absolutely. <laughs> all of us are putting our best guess forward. I, again, I wish I could give you all the manager's inclinations, but you know, everyone was like yesterday, Kittredge or Fairbanks, and this, and then it was Springs. So it just, it's really going to depend. Yeah, that that's that's the toughest one in the Tampa Bay one. <laughs> like you know, they can. Well, they've been pretty calm this year with Castillo. Right, yes, they have with him been. on. With him, With him on, on the, the IL, yeah. it's going to go back to a, a fluid, fluid situation. Right. Absolutely. Sweet, man. Thank you so much again, Greg, for coming out. Um, like I said, in the beginning of the show, I really, I really enjoy all your work and thank you for everything you're providing to the fantasy world. It's been, uh, it's awesome. Fantastic. Uh, thank you so much. Yeah. All right, I appreciate Greg. it. Yeah. Yep. Thanks for coming on, buddy. Talk again right. soon. Yes, sir. Alrighty, folks, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Pull Hitter Podcast. Once again, thank you for anyone who's taken the time to leave me a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It's truly, truly awesome. Uh, thank you guys from um, the, the bottom of my heart. That was my dog, Meatball, choking on probably hair because he loves to eat hair, his own hair off the floor. Um, but... Uh, yeah, thank you so much, really, from the bottom of my heart, everyone who's taken the time out to listen to my voice on, there he goes choking again, um, I don't know if you guys could hear that, but uh, I heard it on my microphone, so um, thank you everyone again um, for listening and for giving me the motivation to keep going and keep making more podcasts, uh, yeah, alright y'all. You know what to do. Smarten up. Don't be a bag of shit. Yeah, right.